Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've not read the script. She no. tells me I'm unprepped. I haven't read the script. She hasn't even read it. No. Um, I want to be surprised. Yes. Oh, oh you want to be surprised by your own script. Quite... Are we doing this? Right, crack on. Hello and welcome to The Great Indoors, the podcast which reveals everything you ever needed to know about interiors and explains how to make it all really work for you in your home. I'm Sophie Robinson and I'm Kate Watson-Smythe and today, do we get a drum roll? For the first time we are recording on location in my new house which for those of you who are watching on our new YouTube channel will be able to see is a sea of cardboard boxes. <laughs> For those of you who can't see, Sophie is buried in a little pile of cardboard boxes. Yeah, it's feeling, great for the acoustics. I'm feeling slightly intimidated. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's like eight foot of boxes on They won't sides. fall over, I don't think. No. Well, I've had an opportunity to have a look around, and I'd like the listeners to know that this house has got good bones, hasn't it? It's got a good feeling about it. I'm all about the feeling when I first walk into a house. I'm, I'm going, so pleased you say good that. Because, feeling um, about this house. I think it's quite smelly because you can't open the windows. More on that later. <laughs> I can't turn the heating off, so joy. So, you know, it's not necessarily the most fragrant of places. But well, yes, I is think... Is that why there's like literally a hundred scented candles in every yes, room? Quite I'm getting a, quite a pungent aromatherapy <laughs> vibe. Yeah, yeah. So that's what that is. relaxing candle. <laughs> so no, I think, I think it has a nice feel to it. But mm. it is essentially a design crime scene at the moment it's very gray there's gray fitted carpet yep. all the way upstairs all the walls are a pale shade of gray yeah it's a very cold gray and it's a very cold yes you're right it's a very very drizzly gray Should and there's that way? Uh, a black shiny tiled floor yes, in the kitchen oh, I hope you're keeping that oh yeah <laughs> so yes it's, it honestly i well, i like the uh, seahorse tiles in the downstairs loo i think they're particularly you. oh yes the blue, blue seahorse tiles blue, blue, blue my favorite color yeah, blue very, very um well. It was funny because we've been in here, I think, a month now, five weeks. And somebody mentioned when the podcast was coming back about design crimes and were they coming back. And I was just lying in bed going, yeah, one, yeah, two, yeah, three. <laughs> um, including one we're going to talk about later on in the programme. Which uh, you can't see, for those of you on YouTube, where I'm cunningly sitting in front of it. But some people love them. I don't. Oh, yes, I've spotted it. I know. Yeah, I know. well, let, let's tease that one out, <laughs> Kate's design crimes. But first on the agenda, let's talk warmth and energy. And this this has really come up because listeners have been asking us to talk about this. I mean, it couldn't be more apt. Everybody knows about the cost of living crisis, obviously the squeeze on energy bills. And I think it's safe to say that everybody is feeling this right now. And obviously we don't really get into politics on the show, but it's very apt because this is 
our homes and how we heat them and how we feel comfortable in them. And I think we've got loads of ideas, haven't we, on how we can make our homes feel cosier and warm while not spanking loads of energy. Michelle Gunderhin, great friend of ours and indeed the podcast, presenter of uh, Interior Design Masters, has just recently done a piece for the FT which I'd like to reference because she did a whole pay a whole yeah. piece on drafts yeah. alone. Um, I just want to pull something out that uh, she's put in the article. She says, according to Greenpeace, the UK has some of the oldest and draftiest housing stock in Europe. In a standard uninsulated house, we lose 35% of our heat through our walls. 25% through the roof and 10% through the windows. That's really interesting because obviously this is a terraced house. So I don't think I'm, you know, I've got, only two walls front and back mm, so perhaps I'm yeah. I'm losing less through the walls but I feel these howling drafts through the windows and I've got two fireplaces which we just had swept thinking that you know would it be cheaper to have a fire in the evening rather than put the heating on and as I sit here now next to a chimney I can feel the wind mm. rushing down so that's you know that's another issue with losing heat through the chimney and actually in our last house there was a it was a victorian fireplace and it had a kind of iron flap that you could pull down Mm. to stop the draft and because on certain windy days you can hear the wind whistling down the chimney and we used to be able to pull that close these don't have that so it's a it's a it's a tricky thing isn't it because a house needs especially victorian house needs a certain amount of ventilation but that doesn't mean drafts and it's interesting to see that so much heat is lost i mean throughout my research for this it was even suggested that, you know, the keyholes, like on your front door, that tiny little hole, even that can make a really but big we difference had... if, you, if you put a flap over that or block that up if you can. In the last house, so we replaced, we had bifold doors, which we'd had for 10 years. And then, of course, just before we sold it, we spent several thousand pounds having beautiful critalesque doors in the back. And somewhere along in the design process, we, we sort of overlooked the keyhole. And it was a north-facing house. And, oh, my God, you could feel the mm. wind whistling through the keyhole. And the design, the handles were such that... Because you can get those little circles that you can fix over yes, the keyhole. I've I believe those. it's called an escutcheon. Um, but we had no way of fixing the escutcheon without drilling into the door. And we weren't confident to drill into a no. metal door. So, in the end, my very clever art school student son, he 3D printed us two little blockers Ah! black blockers in the shape of keyholes which we just kind of literally shoved in the keyhole like a cork if you haven't got a child who can 3d print you something at his art college i appreciate that's quite a niche uh that's that's quite a niche situation to be in but a bit of plasticine or play-doh or something in those keyholes a bit of cork even just yes yes, or buy an escutcheon um (laughs) that's that's i was amazed how much difference that made so you can start looking at all these little places you talked about a a a drafty chimney would you know you can get a chimney balloon if it's not in use i hasten to add right is it actually a balloon yeah and it just goes and inflates and then it stops your stops the drafts coming so so i'm not going to the party shop around the corner and buying a balloon and shoving it up balloon a proper chimney balloon mm. so for fireplaces that aren't in use but what and then you can pull it out if you want to use it or these are permanently not in use well usually if you're if you're you know i don't even know that that's a, lots of people have fireplaces and chimneys where they don't have a fire right so no, this is working sort of but okay so think about that do you remember like um 
draft excluders on the doors. I mean, that used to be the sausage so- dogs. Yeah, we had a lovely sausage that used to dog be such called a Colin. Thing. But there you go, Colin was great. And Colin. then Colin got really dirty. We put him in the washing machine, and he shrunk from a sausage dog to a poodle. <laughs> it was no good anymore. <laughs> Poor Colin. Colin is much missed. <laughs> But absolutely, sausage dogs. Sausage and dogs. you know those kind of very luxurious French restaurant things where you go in through a velvet curtain? Oh, yeah. So that, a curtain across the front door. A, there's a special yes, name. Yes, it's a portier rail. I was rail. about to say portier rail for a, portier for a rail. door pole. So that and the that fixes on the... opens as you open yeah, the door. Yeah, so the do- it's basically a curtain pole that fits on the door. Yes. So it hangs down and blocks the draft at the bottom, but then you can open the and door And a nice heavy velvet it. or a blanket or yeah. something like that works really well for that yeah. sort of thing isn't it i mean it's interesting isn't it that a lot of these ideas are quite old-fashioned yeah. i mean i don't know what your childhood memories are but mine what and i've seen i've been on quite a few forums researching this about a lot of people who probably are a similar age to us who grew up in the most freezing cold houses i mean oh, yeah. we didn't have heating on upstairs we didn't even have electric blankets that's what we're doing now we're not heating the upstairs of our house this winter but we are going to have our electric blankets on apparently around 42p a night to have your blanket on not that you need it all night I usually just put it on for an hour it I've always felt really funny about about electric blankets I don't know I, I think it was probably because we we didn't have them I mean, I knew of them exist. I always wanted an electric blanket oh, growing Kate. up in the seventies and wasn't allowed one. And come now I'm a bit come you know, to the electric blanket side. Is it, it is, is it lovely? Is it? Yeah, because I think one thing where you can make a difference is to not heat the parts of the house that you don't have to or don't use very often. So our intention is to keep the downstairs warm. Tom and I both work from home as well. We've got a fire in the living room, which is where we'll spend the evenings as a family and then not to heat the bedrooms and to put on our little electric blanket an hour before bed and then if you've got a good tog duvet you've got some extra blankets and all that kind of stuff then when you get into bed you're warm and we don't really hang out upstairs I mean it literally is no you're right I've never had the heating on at night so I've always liked a cold bedroom but and and the other thing that's really true is if you can be warm when you get into bed you can sleep you know you have those days when for whatever reason you get into bed cold Mm. it's really difficult to get to sleep if you're cold but if Mm. you're getting into a warm bed or you've had maybe a bath or something mm. you get in warm mm. then you once warm, you're in and you're you? warm you stay warm and you sleep but getting in cold and then trying to warm up is very difficult yeah but I'm a bit more old school with a hot water bottle oh yeah see that's interesting because I love a I love an electric blanket and my husband won't have one he wants a yeah water bottle having said that he did come over to my side of the bed. Must have been his birthday. <laughs> this is something. not that podcast. Must have been, um, maybe it was Christmas. <laughs> anyway, I was quite astonished and then a bit jealous about uh, how much warmer my side of the bed was. <laughs> I think that's a really, really good idea though, to not not heat rooms you're not in because we just forget, don't we? Um, you know, and my, I've got one son at home and one not here. So, you know, obviously I don't need to, if I could mm. work the thermostat in this house and it did what I told it mm. to do, that would be a whole different story. But in theory, not heating his room because he's not living here in the term time. And then the other one's out all day. Mm. So not heating his room. And then there's advice about where you put your thermostat as well. Cause you need to think about this. So if you're redoing yeah. your thermostat situation is not to have the thermostat, say for example, by the door, cause that's always going to be colder than the rest of the room. So we almost put the thermostat in the center of the room what do you think of smart meters 
Have you ever had one of those? No. No, I haven't got one of those. I think we've got a water meter. My mum's just got a smart meter. And all I'd say is, it's kind of making her more anxious. Is she watching the numbers go round all the time? Yeah, I think that's the problem. Yeah, and she says to me, it's spent blah, blah, blah today. You know, it's not doing her anxiety any favours at all. There's a really fine line, isn't there, though, between understanding actually that if you were to go outside I'm thinking very specifically of your mother's house if you were to nip outside to get some herbs from her herb garden Mm. and leave the door open and nip back inside there's understanding how much that might cost you that Mm. kind of lapse in energy consciousness well no but as an example against so there's understanding how you're using it and how you might save it against that really anxiety inducing thing yeah. of watching your bank balance drain down well, as the numbers it. go up i know and, i yeah. think they're designed to help you you know you could you know you could play the game of trying to save money again going back to brilliant michelle agunderhin i mean she's just brilliant on her instagram she's been running a little experiment of turning everything off standby she wanted to know yeah that was how much money she could save by going around like turning off the telly the gaming consoles cookers all sorts of things that are just always on standby I love her scientific sort of breakdown of everything. So she almost finds it like invigorating to play the game of how much money, you know, turn it on its head rather than thinking the money's just dripping away, how much you could save. Back to more sort of the more analogue world (laughs) of saving money here. Um, Here is my favourite stat. I read that dirt and dust in radiators stops up to 60% of the heat Woo! coming out. I thought that was extraordinary. And well, the dust that goes through, yeah. is this like on modern radiators? That yes, have with that the very, grill at the top. Like a Viennetta ice cream. Exactly that. Yeah. And you can take that, the lid off, and right. dust in behind them. Or but, like hoover it or something. Or hoover it. Right. Um, I thought that was a phenomenal amount. And particularly, I'm looking around this house where the radiators don't work, and we've tried bleeding them. Because, right. you know, they, because I was going to say, say that's the other thing Because they're full of air. So yeah. you let the air out, but we've tried bleeding them and we've just been covered in water. So bleeding them is not the problem. I think, in fact, the pipes are probably all furred up and it's a disaster. But we can get at some of them, which are not undercover, and dust them and see if that makes a difference. I thought that was Apparently huge Apparently fridges and washing machines as well. You know, what, all dust the, in the grill at the in back? In all the elements at yeah. the back, yes. Because you're just stopping it being more effective. yeah. yeah. Oh, you get so nerdy with it, can't well, you? Well, I mean, it's when you're looking at stats, though, clean your radiators and you might gain 60% more heat. You think, well, that's a job worth doing. And that then you suddenly, I think this is what's happened to Michelle. She started looking at one thing and it's that domino effect. Of, <laughs> yeah. Well, I can clean that or move that and turn this off. And you can get quite into it. And those are all fairly simple things. You know, we all know that one about if you turn your thermostat down by one degree, yes. you can save X amount of money. You know, we, we are not sort of preaching to the converted here. People know that one. Yes, But I certainly wasn't aware of quite how much a difference a clean radiator would make. Do you know, one of the ones that really surprised me that's been touted around quite a lot is cooking. Yes. Microwaves. I had no idea that a microwave, I think it was something like to heat, it's 5p an hour to run a microwave, 40p an hour to run an electric oven, which is what I've got. Yeah. I mean, that's just like a massive difference. And then there's obviously been the big rush on air fryers, hasn't there? Because they roast and bake yeah. food. But again, because it's a little plug-in. 
And there was a whole campaign it, it does which it so much quicker. was revived over Twitter recently, I think, in the energy crisis of the early 70s when Delia Smith was, was queen of, mm. of cookery. And there was a whole campaign about, you know, if you're going to put your oven on to roast a chicken, mm. then, you know, make sure in the shelf below it that perhaps you've got a stew bubbling away. Right. And if you've got room under that, put your apple crumble in. Or something. Mm. The point was... Fill the oven. And interestingly, the new king of cookery now, perhaps Jamie Oliver, he was doing a programme over the summer. He's got a new book out and it was one pot cooking or something. And so it was all about, you know, just using, as it sounds, one pot to cook everything. And I caught the end of it the other day and he's pivoted, as he's so good at doing, to not one pan cooking, but one pound cooking. One pound cooking. And so he's got a whole load of recipes, which A, cost about a pound per head, but B, he's learning to use the microwave. So he's been cooking in the microwave and he's been doing exactly that idea of putting two or three things in the oven, making tray bakes, things you can bake and last for a long time. The old pot of soup, which Mm. can keep on going for days. So, I mean, it's it's things... It's funny, isn't it? It's it, as you say. It's kind of going back to ways that our grandmothers and, and mothers, know. perhaps post-war children, did automatically. And I think we've become very careless over the years. Well, we've become very convenience-driven as well, yeah. haven't we? I mean, I think, gosh, you know, I'm aware that a lot of what we're talking about feel like they take a lot of time and effort, and life's already really hard and overwhelming. I also. I'm aware that a lot of people feel quite angry yeah. and frustrated that this is happening. You know, I think BP's profits were seven billion just been announced this week. I mean, we're trying to put a positive spin on all of this and a bit of good old British rolling our sleeves up and crack on what's the game plan. But there's a lot of really bad feeling that this is happening. It's affecting a lot of very, very vulnerable people who aren't able to heat their homes efficiently. And it's going to cause a lot of a lot of heartache and a lot of pain for a lot of people. So I think it's really important that we kind of acknowledge that. I think and certainly if you are aware of things you can do that are not too difficult, like cleaning your radiators or turning things on standby or just cooking slightly more efficiently, those are th- those are probably good habits for all of us. And, and good, certainly in terms of energy, it's... It's obviously bigger than the current cost of living crisis mm. because it's about the planet, planet as well. Yeah. So, you know, all of those we 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 have. I think I was going to say as a nation, but I'm guessing as a planet, uh, become used to just putting a tumble dryer on to dry a pair of socks because we want to wear those socks and not the other socks, or you know, putting the oven on for two fish fingers for the kids. And I think we we all need to just step back a bit. And be a little bit Maybe more... change our habits long term. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Because it won't do any harm. It will save us money and it won't do any harm and it, you know, it might help the planet. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm more aware of putting my tumble dryer on. I'm now putting things back on the air dryer. Yeah, washing line. One good... And washing line, if it isn't absolutely bucketing it outside <laughs> as it has been the last couple of days. And also another thing that I actually invested in. See, we've got the opposite problem with our windows. We've got UPVC windows in our house and they are like... Airtight. Airtight. So I actually have a bit of a problem if we don't heat our house that we're going to get a condensation issue. But I bought a dehumidifier a couple of years ago and Tom was really sniffy about it because he again says you don't want to make your house too dry yeah it cracks plant you know from his point of view he's like no that's going to dry the house out too much honestly it's this push pull all the time but one thing he is happy for me to use it for is on the landing when we're drying all the laundry it 
dries the laundry really fast because it's I put it on next to the wet clothes. Oh, what? So you hang up wet clothes and then you just and plug then I in put my dehumidifier in. Underneath does it cost it. a lot to run? No, it's I think it's six p a day, and oh, I don't have okay. it on all day. I only have it on every now and then. So it sort of sucks the moisture out of your clothes and dries. Yeah, it's amazing. That's it's, a really clever, that's so much better than a tumble dryer. I mean, I've yeah. I've got a washer dryer, and I try never to use the tumble dryer unless it's you know well usually teenage child's come home and need something in a hurry but I didn't I didn't know about the humidifier that's really clever yeah it's really good I bought it because I noticed that our guest bedroom that doesn't get used very much therefore we don't heat it very much it smells damp I was getting, it was, smells damp and it was getting little spots of mold in the corner and around the window so I bought it for that but then when I put the sheets out on the landing because I can't put them outside in winter yeah um got them dry in a jiffy in an afternoon <laughs> sucked all there Oh, moisture well. out and then there you go then I don't have dripping ta- sheets in my landing all week so I don't think there's any shortage of inspiration what also I've been very warm to read is lots of people have already been talking about this on our Facebook group the great indoors podcast group over on Facebook always full of chatter and Davey on Twitter says it's nine degrees outside but heating has not come on we just spent 800 pounds on professionally installed insulating wallpaper on solid exterior walls and it is already paying off what on earth exterior heated Wall- wallpaper well it, the wallpaper is not heated it's insulation it's insulating wallpaper oh, okay. it's called wall rock thermal lining paper he says and it's said to reduce heating costs by up to 30 to 60 percent if so it'll pay for itself in a couple of years well, the way we're going, maybe in one year, yeah. because it is so thick, it is hard to hang, which is why I got it done professionally. It only comes in white, but you can paint it or add regular wallpaper on top. So it so, sounds like he's had something done on the exterior walls, which is different, and then the no, wall rock on the out on the inside. I was surely he must be putting the wallpaper on the inside of the exterior walls i don't think he's wallpapering the outside of his house oh, that would be weird that's what he although saying. it might look quite cool so he's yes. wallpapering the internal walls which are on the exterior so of the in house. my house this would be hello youtube the yeah. wall behind me is external obviously it's mostly windows so that would be tricky to wallpaper <laughs> and the one at the front yeah i got it it's also mostly windows but you it. could your house your detached house in the country mm. You could... We could put it on the outside, and actually Tom has already looked at adding insulation to the exterior of the house. That only really works if you've got a house that then can be rendered, so it doesn't work if you've got a lovely brick house, for example. Um, But that's also another way to add retro, of course, sort of retrofit insulation. It's worth looking up, isn't it? So Wall Rock, with a capital W, all one word. That's a brilliant idea. Now, from the Facebook group, Louise Hall. I'm wondering if anyone has decided to move radiators away from windows. We are about to have all new. They are all under the windows at present. And I'm thinking when the curtains are closed, we will be wasting the heat. It's a tricky one, this one, isn't it? Because traditionally, radiators went under windows because those were drafty and you were keeping the warmth in and you had short curtains. Well, it's creating this convection, isn't it? It's so around they the warm, room. warm the air and then it cools and then it goes round. But also, I think the other reason was it left your walls free to push furniture against. Yes, radiators under windows. Mm. You, The point you make, I thought, was, was the interesting one for us because if you have a radiator under a window, that leaves you walls free to put your other furniture. Mm. Um, and, and I think that's a real consideration. Putting your sofa or a bookcase 
in front of a radiator is a really inefficient thing to exactly. do. Exactly. So part of the reason for having the new radiators is to move them they're from in the wrong under place the windows. Anyway. They're in the wrong place. We're going to put them in the alcoves where they're not going to be in the way of anything. We wouldn't put a piece of furniture in the alcove. So that will tuck them out of the way. So okay. that's all very well if you're moving your radiators. Yeah. If you're stuck with radiators under the window, my advice is to go for a blind curtain combo yeah so you can either have a roller blind or a roman blind that you drop down and while the heating is on the radiators still doing their job when you're not when you're not using the radiators you can draw the curtains well this um, this whole conversation carries on on facebook i think oh, right. just kind of saying what we've said so Catherine horner then replied to louise who was wondering about whether to move them from under the windows saying we asked our heating engineer about this when we were renovating Historically, there's a, there was a belief that any drafts from windows would blow hot air from the radiator into the room. Oh, clever. I like that. That's my drafty <laughs> windows. But apparently that's not true. And you can put the radiators where you want. <laughs> so Brilliant. They carried on. This is like the new washing up bowl, isn't it? Hannah Jones. Historically, they're under windows to create a barrier to block the cold air from coming in from single glazing. I'm ticking that box as well. No reason not to move it in a double or triple glazed space, except you don't want to take out a wall that you need to put furniture on. Most people don't have furniture under a window, although I do like a nice window seat. Mm. Louise Coombs. If you have no heat source under the window, you will get condensation. Well, that comes well, that's back not true to your issue. I've got a radiator under the window that has the condensation issue. But I actually, my window manufacturer rang me up the other day to say that there's just been new laws around the manufacture of windows mm. to, and to get a fencer certificate, which is a certificate that your windows have been made properly. And apparently now it's a new law that they all have to have a trickle, trickle vent, vent in yeah. them so that you don't get condensation. Uh, it's true. And obviously we bought our house with the windows in and they don't have a trickle vent. Yeah. And that's why we've got the problem. Having said that... Tom says you can get those retrofitted as well. We when we spoke with him before, I remember him talking about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, next up, Roisin Looney. We have moved one of ours so far, which is great, as I now have a small sofa in front of that window. It is a big job, so we're doing them bit by bit as we redo the floors in those rooms. However, I would say definitely research the vertical radiators as the two we have don't heat up as much as our old radiators did i bought them in a rush not realizing i should have done my research first Roisin, you must always do your do research. your research and also those column radiators i think that's what you're having they look like the old-fashioned ones yes old school radiators. they um because i looked at having our bog standard white yeah you know, the basic, basic radiators replaced for nice column radiators because I think they look nicer. But they actually are smaller. You don't need them to be as big. Yeah. To do the same BTU, which is, um, what's BTU again? Oh. It's the heating unit. It's, it's a the calculation. Heating unit. I know, I've completely it's a, it's a calculation it. you have to make, which is basically the volume of the room to work out how That's many BTUs. And your plumber, I can't do the sum. No. But I've had that calculation your, done for your all these Your plumber rooms. or your, your radiator supplier would be able to advise you. And what I was advised that the radiators would be much smaller. Yeah. And so I'd have to move the. The pipes. pipes. God, there you go. We, that, we started off how to save on your energy bills and we've just gone deep diving into radiators. There, there we go. Kind of like bonus topic there. There you go. So do come and share your tips for keeping the temperature up and the bills down over on Instagram where I'm mad about the house and she's Sophie Robinson Interiors. And of course, on the Great Indoors Podcast Facebook group. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right, now we've saved the nation all that money on their their energy bills. Time to talk about something nice and pretty. I want to talk about wallpaper trends. Is that because you're wearing wallpaper? I'm wearing wallpaper. That is, I mean, is that a William Morris wallpaper design? This is a a lovely big blousy silk blouse I'm wearing. And this is a, yeah, a I don't know, actually. It's very William Morris-esque, isn't it? It, it looks it like William Morris, yes. William Morris. So, yes, I'm, I am wearing wallpaper. Excellent. Absolutely excellent. So, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about this, because wallpaper isn't new. It, we, you know, it's been back. It's We're fully embracing all the pattern. I think we've already had conversations about the fact that the feature wall... You know, still still around. Still clinging on. Still clinging on. But you are now allowed to wallpaper all four walls, indeed the ceiling too. So I'd like to think all our listeners have had that memo. We've been bashing that drum. But when it comes to what sort of wallpaper, what prints, designs, materials, finishes are on trend, I thought it'd be fun to bash some ideas. So I thought the first way to do this would be to look at, you know, there's often paint colour of the year. And hmm. is there a wallpaper of the year? Is there and a wallpaper of the year? Graham and Brown oh. do. That's my builder leaving. <laughs> Graham and Brown do do a wallpaper of the year. And for 2023, their wallpaper of the year is called Florencia. Ooh. And as you can imagine, it's very floral. Big, yeah. blousy floral. So I thought that was interesting. And I'm sure it comes in different colourways, but... It's large, it's bold, it's kind of dark, chocolatey, intense, turquoisey. It's it's strong and yes. dramatic. And I've of course it won't be to everybody's taste, but that's it's you know, a statement. It's a statement. Mm. And perhaps, you know, if you're feeling bold or if you've got a small room, go for it. Wrap the room in it. But I thought as a direction it was interesting because it's not tiny little Laura Ashley sprigs of ditzy flowers on a white background you know they've Mm. gone bang so that does kind of fit with our maximalist mood that's going on well there you go I think that's the thing you know right there maximalism I think maximalism is all about making quite a bold statement layering pattern on top of one another have quite bold color contrasts and so wallpaper just lends itself to the maximus trend so well i mean it's all about more is more why would you have a plain painted wall when you can have one color covered in pattern <laughs> so um yes in fact in terms of trend a lot of these wallpaper trends are about quite bold statement pieces aren't they which I think is brilliant and flowers seem to be one of the I was going to say I am seeing florals everywhere and quite big flowers right yeah really Mm. but but I mean it you know if you're going to go for it go for it the other thing that I noticed and 
we bumped into each other. We met each other at Decorex recently. Yes. We went to the Divine Savages stand mm. to look at their new wallpaper. And they do, they're renowned for kind of witty, but really bold, dramatic designs. And they have a great one, which is quite Art Deco from a distance. And you think it's lots of fans. And when you get up close, it's like an ostrich <laughs> holding a fan, you know. So they have, they have fun designs. Lots of humour. Lots of humour. But they were very excited to show us their new wallpapers, which have a kind of velvety suede texture mm. so we we all know from the 70s the kind of flock wallpaper mm. which went terribly out of fashion although I love it but that was just bits of texture on paper if you like and divine savages have now come up with a whole kind it's of kind of like suede, suede velvet and it feels lovely and the other thing they had which again plays to that maximalist thing was wallpaper with gold leaf in it mm. super super luxe but yeah it was quite fabulous yeah no it was really well they yeah, as you say they're a great brand very maximalist patterns but yeah really ramping up the luxury with the finish so it's not just about the print it's about the texture and the you know the way it reflected with the light and all that kind of stuff it was yeah it was totally gorgeous i love it one thing i'm seeing that's been a big trend that seems to be going from strength to strength is wallpapers that look like murals. I was just going to say so that's a new thing. Less isn't it? of the sort of just like standard repeat and more about creating something almost scenic. It sort of reminds me of that sort of tromploy trend. Was that the 80s or the 90s? All that well, hand I think it was probably the trom-ploy. 1800s when it started, uh, well, to be yeah. fair. <laughs> or possibly even the Greeks. But yeah, we'll go with the 80s if you like. I was just thinking of all that sort of paint effect trend and it's almost like the wallpaper version of that and I think maybe because digital technology has come on so far hasn't it of of the level of detail now that you can get in a printed paper that you can create these amazing scenic what's great about it is you know we we have as as you said at the top spoken about the feature wall being complicated because it doesn't necessarily bear any relation to the rest of the room and what what's great about a mural is that you're just it's a scene on a wall you're not necessarily even trying to bring it into the rest of the room it's like you know here's a scene of of orange groves and yes. and you know I think Beata Hoyman in her children's bedroom has smoking bunny rabbits and <laughs> you know it's not it's not attempting to be that thing where you wanted to be bold with a pattern but you weren't sure you could carry it off so you only did it on the chimney breast and then you sort of ran away mm. from it this is going do you know what we've got a massive bucolic rural French market scene on that wall and we are <laughs> Owning it. Are we going to see anything like that in the new madhouse? <laughs> no. I don't have any walls big enough. I got all overexcited. I did get a sample in the last house, not not of that. I mean, I think that's trickier to pull off, but mm. of lots of trees and a forest mm, nice. scene, which I was going to have in the bedroom and I thought would be really restful. And in the end, I slightly bottled it. Um, but I think that that is definitely a look that's coming through. I think it's interesting you should talk about trees as well, because I think the other trend I'm seeing is is anything that's sort of biophilic, yeah, connected nature. to nature. So you're right, a lot of these big murals and scenes are ones of trees or landscapes or these sort of bucolic countryside It's the escapism, isn't I it? I think so. Yeah. And I think that makes a lot of sense when we think about <laughs> the tumultuous times we're yeah. in, thinking of imagery that makes us feel safer and more relaxed and anything that connects us with nature I think 
does that and even going through into thinking about the materials i mean you're printing on cork now we saw cork wallpaper didn't we at decorate oh monkey puzzle monkey tree, puzzle tree. Yeah. um printing on like hessian and hemp i think it was arte you saw a very nice giant tree oh yes I wallpaper but that, that was on like a hessian type yes, wasn't it so i think it's, it's interesting sort of like rustic textures because i have used already we've decorated one room in this house now um and that's my son's room and he wanted that anaglypta wallpaper in his room, which is, if you remember, that textured wallpaper, mm. which comes in different different patterns. And it's basically wallpaper designed to be painted. So if you don't want masses of bold pattern, and, you know, this will be hard for you, Sophie, but not everybody does. No, it's very hard um, for me. You know, I'm, I'm going to be more on the side of texture. So an anaglypta wallpaper, which I had in a couple of rooms in the last house, and we've already got one in here... Is, is a different way of bringing in pattern that's slightly more subtle and it catches the light. And the other thing I'm looking at is the other version of textured wallpaper, which is Lincruster, mm. which is made from linseed, but it's very, very thick and heavy. And that, it replicates plaster work if you like so you know if you if you don't live in a massive stately home i mean if you you practically do sophie in the country but <laughs> it's a country cottage <laughs> it's a really great way to bring again it's paintable wallpaper but it's a great way to bring in texture and i'm looking at that for possibly my kitchen ceiling Ooh. because in the last house you remember i had tin tiles well i you can't did. pull that trick off again okay. so i'm looking at lincruster for maybe a bit of texture and are you going to paint that in a color and i would paint it in a color oh, would you? so Ooh, yes because I, i'm not i'm not sure i like looking at photographs of bold wallpaper and i love the idea of it but mm. i'm not i'm You're not, not sure you had it in your downstairs loo in the last house and you had that sort of underwater mural in your tiny coral. tiny yes. downstairs loo. i think that's a fun thing to do as well as use wallpaper in an expected way so that was a very you know i suppose typically someone might say don't use a large scale pattern in a small room but absolutely I turn that on do. its head yeah. and do because it could look it makes a small room feel magnanimous in its giant you know yeah. print and the other way is you fun. know do it at the back of cupboards or potentially mm. even at the back of shelves you see again it's this this fine line between when a feature wall is just kind of randomly a wall of wallpaper but if you put it at the back of an alcove with shelves in front of it it's got a sort of reason to be there because it's bringing mm. a decorative element to the room it's got a purpose rather than just being oh here's a wall yes. um, that I just papered well that's the problem with the the feature wall of fear does yeah. it look like you just either a run out of wallpaper or money <laughs> or money yeah. or confidence yeah. yeah yeah you've got to be interestingly they're going back to your lincruster um idea because this touches on something else which is nostalgia which i'm seeing coming through yes. you know for example the sanderson group have just launched their archive collection of wallpapers which i am in love with um the sanderson group have got like the biggest archive of wallpaper prints samples it's absolutely incredible it's in denim i've seen it it's just like museum drawers and drawers wow. and drawers and drawers and drawers because arthur sanderson used to collect samples yeah for inspiration it's absolutely fantastic and they're really using that archive now and as i said they've brought out a whole new collection and recolored them in quite jazzy sophie robinson style colors so, well they makes it makes a traditional pattern look a bit more modern, modern which is yeah. really interesting but i also think you know william morris is also one of their brands which is doing phenomenally well and i think that's really interesting that a lot of us are looking back to nostalgia and the past and again I think it's a bit of comfort in these fast changing turbulent uncertain 
times. It's to an look odd one back that, to old-fashioned printed wallpaper. It's an odd one, though, isn't it? Because that nostalgia. Because you know, we were talking earlier about about being energy efficient, and you know, I don't remember that clearly but in the general strikes of the early 70s when you know the electricity went off in the afternoon and you know the the television went off so you know you look back at your childhood perhaps as being that nostalgic period and I look back and I think oh yes you know general strikes and rubbish in the street and the lights weren't on so I wonder if there's a a theory of nostalgia which we all buy into which is you mm. know cosy nights and marmite on buttered toast and well, you know, it's all comforting the period, wallpaper it's all, it's all and the period there, dramas isn't it yeah, it's is there your actual nostalgia <laughs> no, which no, might not no, have been so jolly no no so I don't we're... think it's personal nostalgia no exactly yeah. it's it's that nostalgic idea of mm. looking back and feeling comforted by things in the think, past which feel familiar even if it's not actually your lived no, reality it's not your lived reality and our, us brits are mad for it you know our mm. stately homes our national trust you know we're mad for all of that stuff I, i'd love to know from our overseas uh listeners what's whether, their nostalgia yeah or do they have it do the yeah. australians have a craving for nostalgia in yeah. the same way <laughs> well it was, we do yes what the, would their nostalgia yeah, be exactly it'd be interesting to know isn't it but yeah. i think it's a very british thing and we're very very passionate about our historical heritage and i just see that that seems to me i'm seeing that growing across the yeah. the wallpaper trends in particular interesting one the other one as well which is slightly similar but different chinoiserie I'm seeing a lot of chinoiserie oh, wall panels in wallpaper. Yeah. Now, I've always loved a bit of chinoiserie. I have to say, this is kind of like oriental bamboo and birds. It's not for me. <laughs> I don't. Do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slightly interrupt you there. <laughs> that cut me off, didn't it? Sorry. It's not for me. I can't. I can't. Do you want to come back to Well, I just love the fact that it's sort of... Well, it's associated with grand... I love the poshness of it as well. It's very much associated with grand sort of country manor houses. Or I think of like, I don't know, Parisian boudoirs. I mean, de Gournay is the oh, absolute beautiful. pinnacle, isn't it? Yeah. Hand-painted silk yeah. uh, at a bit squillion pounds per square metre. So it's usually been out of my price range. Then I think Little Green brought one in a couple of years ago. I think it's called their Belmont. It was taken from... Um, one of the English country houses. And then, for example, lovely Diane Hill has done a... Her, who, who hand paints... Her paintings are beautiful. She's now done a wallpaper range for Harlequin. Yeah. It is... Oh, my gosh, it's so beautiful. It's, beautiful. it's so amazing. So I'm seeing the chinoiserie trend is making it a little bit more affordable. I've just, just realised, actually, this is how full my brain is of moving and decorating and builders and everything else. I am planning to wallpaper my bedroom. Having just said, in chinoiserie. No, not. In <laughs> um, but having just said, I didn't. I wasn't kind of feeling it for wallpaper on all the walls. I am actually planning that in our bedroom, and I had completely forgotten it. But I have realised when looking for wallpaper, you know, you have all the filters, um, and I don't want. A geomet- you know, so I filter out geometric immediately and I filter out, you know, I don't want blue in my bedroom. So there are certain things I can knock out immediately. So you knock them out rather than put them in? Yeah, I knock out. Well, it depends how the filter works. Some of them you add and some of them you knock out. But oh, what I realised on my wallpaper hunt was that I cannot have under any circumstances 
any wildlife. Oh. I can't be doing with animals on my No squirrels. No squirrels. No butterflies. And I was looking through one website, exactly that, and I saw, you know, you see the thumbnail to start with, and I thought, oh, that's just the right colour. That's really pretty. And I zoomed in, and then I realised that there were lots of squirrels gambling about in these trees. Um, And I was like, nope, I cannot, I cannot have creatures on my wallpaper. No, no, no beetles. Yes. No, be- no beetles. No beetles. <laughs> no beetles. And actually, Little Green have got a wallpaper, I think, which, again, I see it in passing and I think, oh, I love that pattern. It's really beautiful. And then when you zoom in, it's snails. No. No, sna- no I no can't sna- see you I don't any- want... No, you don't want... I no. don't want birds. I don't want animals. How about leopards? No. Because I, because I'd say in terms of trends... Are we still Le- with the leopards? Still Le- with I the leopards? we're still with the leopards and those sort of tropical animals. Leopard print is still like still strong. Still isn't strong. It? Yeah. 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 Sure. Well, like all those things, they start in fashion. I mean, it's been a classic, of course. Erica Davis has written a whole book, Leopard is a Neutral. But, you know, it 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 was a it was a classic that was having a moment, a bit like brass was. Um and I remember pre-pandemic going being invited to a dinner and turning up and I was a little bit late. I'm, you know, ten or fifteen minutes late-ish. But Every single person in the room, every single woman in the room was wearing some form of leopard print except me. So there was your normal leopard print in your classic colours. Then there was electric blue leopard print shoes and there was a red leopard print handbag. It was just extraordinary. And of course, then it comes into the interiors. So are we going to see any leopard print in this new house? Because animals. No animals on the wall. You had a zebra print rug in the last house. Oh, yes. It's in storage. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't laid eyes on it for months. Forgotten I've got it. (laughs) Well, uh, I think that is a wallpaper for everyone. Even you, Kate Watson-Smythe. We've ascertained what it isn't. We've seen which filter boxes you are crossing out. You wait until my bedroom is done. That all will be revealed. Very exciting. You won't like it. It's quite brown. I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) My hopes are quite low. Expectations down here somewhere. Yes. So now then, to Sophie's favourite part of the show. <laughs> and we've, we have got a bit of a theme this week, actually. Uh, the design crime of the day, of which, hands up, so guilty in this house, one in every room, sometimes two, radiator covers. Talk to me about the radiator cover. Why? Tell well, me why. Okay, what so- is the point? I actually Googled this. I was like, why do you have a radiator cover? Well, I think, okay, so in defence of the radiator cover, we're Ooh. really starting with that, I suppose, because we are going to absolutely rip them to shreds, aren't they? But let's, my theory on why they gained such popularity was because for a very long time, the only affordable radiators you could get were the bog standard white modern panel radiators. And if you had a period property, they just look weird. They just look really wrong, don't they, in a Victorian house where you've got all the... I mean, I'm sitting in your Victorian house where you've got all your lovely period features, cornices, ceiling roses, architraves, and then you've got a very, very modern radiator. So I think people... Because they're traditionally quite made to look old-fashioned, aren't they? You can get the Gothic fretwork. You can get the Victorian kind of like fleur-de-lis fretwork. This is where I have a problem because I Googled it. So first of all, and this has been my point for a long time, if you've got an ugly modern panelled radiator and they were all over my last house, it's all I had and it's currently all I've got in this house, you can just paint them 
to match the wall well, and they disappear. Yes. So that, but maybe that's more of a modern thing. The problem I have with the radiator cover, as you say, is there's there's an awful lot of obviously they've got to have holes in to let the heat out, and so the best way to do that is this kind of Moroccan fretwork or Victorian <laughs> fleur de lis, and you sort of think. There's no way this goes in the house you're in. You know, if you live in a modern house and you've got a Victorian fleur-de-lis radiator cover, that doesn't work. If you live in a Victorian terrace and I've got in this house sort of, as I say, Moroccan motif fretwork over every radiator, that doesn't go either. Well, it doesn't go because they didn't have radiator covers in the Victorian times. So it's an odd thing. And so carrying on my quest for why would you have this? And I came up with two things. And one was that they were to protect animals and children because radiators can get too hot and they can burn Mm -hmm, themselves. mm -hmm. To which I would say, if your radiator is so hot that it's scalding you, maybe your heating's on too high? It shouldn't be be that hot. So that was my first point. Turn it down if it's actually a danger to life and limb turn it down and the second thing I found was you know radiator covers a really good idea for storage because you can put a shelf on top oh yeah to which my response is just put a shelf on top why put the fancy fretwork in front you could just have a shelf if you need the storage I don't yeah I mean I I'm not sure whether a shelf on top is going to help with this convection idea that we've got of the hot air coming up and cooling and you know moving the air around the room it seems to me that a lot of heat is blocked by a shelf and whatever you put on the shelf is arguably but they've all got all my radiator covers here then they've got a solid shelf on top not not even a vent on the top not even a well i can't get close enough there's too many boxes (laughs) (laughs) going to assume but i think i think you know that's you know getting back as well to the big top of the show trying to get the you know the most out of our heating and not waste it covering your radiator in a box of mdf is going to not make it as efficient and that's the biggest argument i can see for not having them is your room's going to be colder and your heating bills are going to be higher that said i have seen in my life two interesting variations on a radiator cover yeah and one was quite recently at uh, i went to visit charleston house oh i yes me too vanessa bell and uh duncan duncan grant yeah where vanessa bell and drunken drunken god (laughs) drunken god i think they were quite drunk It sounds like you were when you were there. Anyhow, I went to Charleston House. I'm just going to cut that bit. (laughs) I went to Charleston House. It's a very beautiful old house with a lot of painted surfaces. And (laughs) they have radiator covers. And they were macrame. Yes, brilliant. I'm guessing that was entirely decorative. But actually, I feel that wouldn't block the heat as much. Yeah, so there there was a shelf above the radiator. And then from that were strands of thick cotton string. Yeah. Like a, like a, what's it, like a hula hula skirt. Yes, but in wool. But in, but in wool or cotton or, you know, yeah. and then knotted. Like, yeah, I mean, like it was macrame. a bit macrame. It was, I and thought I that think was quite interesting. It's very interesting. I'm not doing it, but I thought it was interesting. <laughs> but, there, but there was one other I saw, which I also thought was really cool. And this is a bit more name droppy. So a few years ago, I went to Milan for Salone, you know, the annual furniture fair. And uh, I went to visit uh, one of the houses. It's the Villa Necchi, which was lived in for a long time by the family who made the Necchi sewing machines. And it's featured in a film with Tilda Swinton. And it's a very, very beautiful house. And in that house, they had some radiator covers, which were like... 
They were like metal curtains. So it was almost like like chains. Like chains, but they were chains in shape. So there would be a sort of chain which would have a brass diamond and then hanging on that a brass oval and then a brass ring and then a diamond and then a triangle. So they were like necklaces necklaces hanging down in front of the radiator. Now, my guess is A, being metal, that's going to conduct the heat really well. Really well. Good idea. Yes. B, hid the ugly radiator. Mm. So that was a radiator cover. I could do business with. And I did spend on the flight back sort of sitting there Googling, you know, beautiful Villanecki uh, metal radiator covers. And didn't get me there. So, you know, I, I'm back to the art school side. I'm like, you know, by the way, darling, when you finish 3D printing the keyhole blockers, can you now make me a necklace for my radiator? Um, another thing that I've seen is a, and is a simple little curtain, a little fabric number. I don't know why you'd put a curtain over a radiator. To hide it. But again, it'll go through the fabric. Oh, I suppose the heating. Again, not something I'm going to do. I mean, I think it it just looks weird on the wall. It's like, why have you got a curtain on your, you know, there's your window. You've got a curtain underneath it. That's just going to make it look like you were drunk. (laughs) It's just not going to work, is it? It's hard, isn't it? You can overthink this thing. I'm kind of getting back to just going, oh, just paint it in the same colour as the wall. Just paint the radiator. Just be done with it. Oh, and an update on the case of the Kitchen Island. On the Facebook group, listener Charlotte Dawson shared a picture of a kind of like Kitchen Island situation. Oh, a situation. It's it's not just... We have a situation on the Kitchen (laughs) Island, people. It was quite interesting. There is this home cleaning internet sensation, Mrs. Hinch. Yes. You must have heard of her. I've heard of Mrs. Hinch. Everyone's heard of Mrs. Hinch, who has just moved into a new home. It's like... I think it's called the Hinch Farmhouse or something, or Hinch at Home or whatever, of course. So she's got this very um, classic country kitchen. Right. Now, she's created an island. I mean, this is up-leveling your island to stratospheric proportions, which I can only explain. So imagine a square island. A square one, not a rectangle. So it's square, yeah. but then you've cut out yeah. the centre, so it creates like a C shape. Yeah. And then in the centre, you've done fitted booth seating and a round table. So you've got worktops on three sides. And then, and then, a, and then everybody's sitting within the kitchen island, like a booth. Is that like a space-saving thing? And then a, and then a round table in the middle. I'd be very worried with that worktop behind yes. my head. If oh someone my was gosh, chopping onions imagine? and they slipped, you'd get onions on I your know, head. I know, I know. I mean, I mean for you, you'd be, so un- you'd be so unrelaxed. Well, you're telling me you? you'd be relaxed. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's an, inter- it's an interesting space-saving idea, isn't it? But yes, I mean, uh, I'm going to have to go and look at that. Yeah, it is. And it's, well, she's lucky she's got a big kitchen. She's got a big so kitchen. So she didn't but, need to save the space. But she you could know, have had a table and an island. Well, what I thought was quite interesting is the biggest argument against kitchen islands was you should just have a kitchen table. Yeah. That's what, like, that's what Michelle Gundam was saying. Yeah. That's what everybody's saying is, why have you got an island with, you know, awful bar stools? Just have the kitchen table. Well, Mrs. Hinch has created a kitchen island kitchen table situation. There we go. I have to say, on the Facebook group, people were not being very complimentary of Mrs. Hinch in this kitchen. No, oh. it wasn't. Mrs. It wasn't getting a lot of love from our listeners. Although um, I feel the last word should go to our listener Beth, and she said, "No, I have to say I don't like it, but it's not my kitchen, so that's fine." And that, people, <laughs> is the point. <laughs> You've got to work out what you like (laughs) and we won't go any further with that. But do check out the show notes for any extra information on what we've been talking about today. And of course, there you'll also find the link to our YouTube edit 
where you will be treated to lots and lots of behind the scenes pratting about <laughs> and the chance to see my house of horrors in the flesh. Now next week we'll be chatting to the genius behind Elephant's Breath, Dead Salmon and Charlotte's Locks. Prize to, prize to anybody who can guess who that's going to be. But for now, thanks so much to our producers, Kate Taylor and Henrietta Harrison of Feast Collective. And thanks so much to you for listening. And we'll see you in the great indoors. Is that my front door? It might not be the door. Oh, what's the door? You need to get a better knocker. That's just a bit of a pathetic rattle, isn't it? Yeah, well, the doorbell's hanging off the wall in pieces. Oh, that's what it is. Samples. Samples! Ooh. Oh, go on, let's have a live Should we have a samples? samples? <laughs> sort of eco-MDF thing for cladding kitchen cupboards. Ooh. Oh, so it is a bit shiny and laminate-y. Don't, I just don't think it's shiny. Oh, okay. Bit brown, but, you know. Well, you'd leave the colour out of it. <laughs> well, I'll come back to that then. Maybe that's the new perfect thing. <laughs>